What's up, guys? You're listening to Confessions of a Gym Rat, getting you through the nine to five as healthily and happily as possible. I am recording live from LA, as promised. I have my little travel microphone with me if you're watching on YouTube, and I don't really have a good place to set it up, like to actually have it stand in front of me. So we're just going to hold it the entire time because that's how we adapt and make the best of a situation. But honestly, guys, I am very excited to give you this episode for a number of reasons. I'm going to be doing this a little bit different than our normal episodes. I... I, I, I've been busy this week, okay? You guys know this. I went to Ohio on Tuesday, and then I went from Ohio to LA on Thursday. Got a lot of travel stories. Obviously, I need to break down my visit to Sir with you guys because I posted about it, and I promised you that I would. So that deserves its own segment. Um, and I listened while I was at this work event this week to a probably one of the most engaging motivational speakers I've ever listened to. And I've, I've, I've seen a few in my day. Like businesses, they love to pull out these guys during conferences and events and whatnot. But this one, this one got me. This one was good. So what he was saying, I was like, I have to share this with you guys. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But instead of just going through what happened during my week in the intro, I'm going to break it up a little. We're going to go Ohio recap, LA recap, what I actually want to talk to you guys about. And then I did try and put up a question and answer poll this week. I think I only got one question, but I feel like it's wrong if I don't answer this gal's question. So we're going to do that. At the end. So, a little bit of a shorter intro today, but I want to get kickstarted and, and just get rolling right into this thing. All right. So, let's start off with the Ohio recap. First of all, this was probably one of the shortest flights that I've ever been on, yet one of the most choppy on conference. I'm not one to get airsick. I have a I have a car sick problem. It's actually really bad, but we're not going to get into that right now. I don't get airsick. I don't, I normally fall asleep, whatever, but this plane was going left, right, sideways, up, down. I don't know what the heck it was doing, but I did not feel well on it. I've actually been struggling a lot lately with this whole car sick thing. I don't really want to go into the details of it, but if any of you guys have suggestions on how to like prevent this long-term send them my way. I have, a, I have like a pill for it that I can take. I have like ginger gum and ginger chews, but it is becoming such an inconvenience to my life. And then I, I start to feel like not well. And then I panic because I'm not feeling well. And I'm like, oh my God, this is happening again. And then my panic just adds to it. It makes me feel worse. And that's all I'm going to say. Please send your solutions my way. Anyway, flight, super not comfortable at all. I, I had the nicest Uber driver, I will say. I, I feel like I tell you guys my Uber stories all the time and most of them are not good, but I really enjoyed this guy. Him and his wife were both picking up people from the airport. 
They both dropped us off at the same hotel, but he was such a pleasant guy. Normally, I don't like when my Uber drivers talk to me. I don't know. I mean, say you're high, say where you going, blah, 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 like a little small talk. But when they don't stop talking the whole time, like sometimes I just want to close my eyes and I'm like, I don't want to deal with it. This guy, we had such a great conversation. I was like, you, you might just be a buddy. You just might be a buddy now. I really liked him. I forget his name though. So that just shows you how deep. Listen, it's been a long week. Anyway, I was very excited to get to my hotel. I I had like an hour that I was just going to work out. And then I was going to go answer some emails, jump on a call. I walk into the place and I'm like, wow, this is a really like different hotel. Like it was very open, um, almost cruise ship like, like that was, it, it was very old. It was an old building, but obviously the rooms and the amenities and stuff were new, but I was like, this building's got a lot of character to it. This is going to be so fun. I go to the front desk. The guy at the front desk is so polite, so nice. He gets me set up. I'm like, Hey, I know it's 1.30 and check-in times are at 3. And he's like, no, no, we got you. Like, your room's good. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So he gives me my keys. I go up. I find my room. I walk in. And there's a hallway before I could actually see the bed. And I'm like, ooh, 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 this is going to be nice. My bed is not even, like, to say my bed wasn't made when I walked into the room is an understatement. My bed barely had the cover that goes over the mattress on it. No sheets, not a comforter in sight, pillows without the pillowcases on the dresser across from the bed, cabinets just open, very confused, very confused. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to change. I'm not paying for this hotel. So I'm going to go down. I'm going to be very nice. So I took a picture and I went down and said to the guy, hey, I know you just saw me like five minutes ago. I walked in and this is what my room looked like. And his eyes like, and I knew it wasn't his fault. And his eyes just got so like wide. And I was like, listen, it's cool. It's just, I'm going to go use the gym for like a half hour. Can you just have somebody make the bed while I do that? And he was like, I'm so sorry. So I'm like, it's fine. So I go do that. I come back, my bed's made, whatever. I do some work and then we have a dinner to go to at night. So I get dressed. I put on my new high heels. I got a nice little, my fit jeans on, a black bodysuit on. And I'm standing by my suitcase and then I, I stand up and all of a sudden I'm on the ground again. I ate shit. I wiped out and I look, there's outlets on the floor in my room, which what like bedroom has outlets on the floor, but whatever. This is an old building, like I said. The cover to the outlet wasn't on the outlet at all. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, I I don't know how to describe it. Like the cover was just lying above the hole. So my heel went in between that crack and I just ate complete shit. And now I'm seeing like exposed wires everywhere. So I went back down, asked him to fix it. The woman was very apologetic. I was like, it's okay. Just have somebody fix it. I'm stepping out for a few hours. Came back, not fixed. 
I talked to one of the guys I was there with. He said he came in and towels were everywhere. Sheets were everywhere in his room. So I'm not going to put this hotel name on blast, but some someone's got to give because they're going to come across people that aren't as nice as me and my coworker, and it's not going to be pleasant. And that was how Ohio kicked off for me. That though, there's, there's really not much to be said about Cleveland. I mean, they had a nice little downtown area by the, I guess it's Lake Erie. Like the riverfront was pretty nice. We were walking home the first night. We heard it like music playing. I couldn't really hear anything when we were actually at the brewery. But then as we passed by, I realized, oh, that's Elenium. So I got to hear Elenium. I didn't get to see Elenium. What confused me though, is that people were sitting in like high rise bleachers you don't like sit at a concert like that. You know, like if you go and see a DJ, like you don't sit. So I don't know. That was um, a little bit weird, but I actually had a conversation with one of my coworkers the week before that I wanted to bring up to you guys. And then I realized I completely forgot, but it kind of fits in to my whole Ohio trip. So the reason why I went to Cleveland was for work. Obviously, I am in a marketing role, but I work very closely with sales. So I go to a lot of sales events and stuff like that. I just don't have to deal with the quota and hitting my numbers and I get to make pretty things, which is what I like to do. Not the point, though. Um, So I I was talking with my coworker last week and she said, you know, Liz, how how, if, if diet is so important in you seeing results, what do you do about all these sales functions? Because a lot of, if you're not in sales, sales culture can be hard to understand. And if you are in sales or a similar type role, then listen on up. So just to give a little bit of background, and I hate that it is this way. I hate it. But unfortunately, when you're in sales, you got to do a lot of schmoozing. You got to take your partners or your whatever, your reps, your resellers out to dinner. You know, you got to go to these big events and and just be nice. Put on, you know, your little nice face. Um, God damn it. Ugh. So I, I, I purposely waited today to record. I'm sorry. I got to take a little break from that sentence. I purposely waited until today to record this podcast because one, I wanted to be able to tell you guys about Sir and my Vanderpump experience. But two, I was like, because I'm going out during the day, I know I'm going to look presentable and I can film this for YouTube. And then my camera died and it's the one goddamn charger I didn't bring. I could have sworn I brought my camera charger, especially because I was mid vlog. So I guess I'll have to finish that on my phone. But yeah, we're, uh, we're at, and my phone's charging, so I can't even record it. Whatever. Sorry, guys, you're not getting a full YouTube video out of this. You can get a little clip. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Sales involves a lot of events outside work, and often you're taking people out to dinner, taking people out to drinks, or you're going to conferences, and there's group dinners and group like bar hangouts and all that stuff. For example, the event that I was at last week, you know, Tuesday night, welcome dinner, Wednesday night, goodbye dinner, and then people stay and they drink afterwards. So 
she said to me, Liz, how do you keep your diet in check and not and keep that 80-20 balance while living this sales life and, and attending these sales trips? And I said to her, I make a rule for myself. When I'm traveling for vacation, all bets are off. I'll do whatever I want, eat whatever I want, work out whenever I want. That's my time to enjoy life. When I am away because I'm on a work trip, I'm going to treat it like any other day of the week if I were at home. Because in, in roles like that, when you're traveling often or you're going to events often, you don't have a choice but to treat travel days like a normal day at home. Otherwise, she's right. You're not going to have an 80-20 balance. And that's why so many people end up falling off. So here's how I kind of manage it. The first thing is if I know that I'm going to be going out to a dinner or something like that, I treat it how I would um, on the weekends. You know, I'll eliminate a snack. I'll, I'll, I won't pick something from the menu that's like, super caloric and fatty. Like I'm not here to ball out just because it's on somebody else's dime and I'm not home. I'll typically get a protein-based meal. You know, I'll get a chicken and a side or fish and a side, like that, that type of meal. And it's never going to be perfect, but I'm not getting like, I'm not eating how I would be on vacation. I hope that makes sense and that I'm putting that in a clear enough way that doesn't sound too Harsh. So that's how I typically go about the eating thing. I am one to bring snacks everywhere. Y'all know this about me. The people that work with me know this about me. I'm a snack queen. Self-proclaimed snack queen. Um, so for example, I had a show last week and I knew it was like 4.30 to 7.30 or something. Like those are prime eating hours. I knew I was getting dinner, so... I picked, um, the roasted turkey did not look good. It looked dry as hell. And I was like, all right, we don't need to do that. So I just got pulled beef. I think it was like not pulled pork. It was pulled beef. Um, some shrimp. And then what else? I I got a biscuit for carbs and I got mushrooms for a side. So typically probably more calories than if I were to make the meal at home because everybody likes to add a crap ton of oil and other gross things to restaurant food. But that's what I ate. And then I had snacks with me. I brought a protein bar and I brought smart sweets because I knew I was going to get hungry at some point and that people were going to go want to get drinks afterwards. So I brought snacks so I would be prepared and I'd be hitting my macros. Now, the whole drinking thing, that I actually think is easier to evade. I Listen, I can't be drinking during the week and I'll tell you why for several reasons. One, it's how you get fat, bro. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it straight up. If you are constantly drinking and constantly overeating, you cannot expect to look the way you want to look. Period. I know this because I did it in college. Uh, so that's one reason. Discipline. Two, a different type of discipline, you may say. It's not going to be good. If I have to work the next day and I have a hangover, I do not want to do that. I knew, the like when I was in Ohio this week, I knew that I was going to have to work the next day or on that last night, I was getting on a plane the next day. And God, I did not want to do that with a hangover. I cannot bounce back like I did two years ago. And it's 
sad because I'm way too young for this to be happening. But that's, I just, no. The weekdays are for my grind. The weekday, the weekends are for my fun. So what I do is let other people go first, or, or, or I guess it doesn't really matter. When I go up to the bartender, I just say, can I just get a seltzer with lime? Or if you drink something else like a Diet Coke or Coke Zero, something like that. So nobody's really questioning. Personally, I like the seltzer with lime. Um, nobody's questioning me because I have something in my hand. Not that it matters. Like if you don't want to drink, you shouldn't be able to drink, but, or you shouldn't have to drink. But we all know that it's, that's so much easier said than done. I think one of the most annoying things is when you, you don't want to drink or it's one of those nights that you want to go out, you could have a good time and you don't want to take shots. And people are like, oh, come on, just have one drink. Just take one shot. And it, I don't know. Personally, I, I just, I like to avoid that if I can. So I get the seltzer with lime, classic, and nobody bugs me and I'm staying hydrated which is also great because at these sales things, you're yapping your, your ass off for hours. So it's, it's, it's nice and cold and refreshing on the throat, if you know what I mean. So that's, that was my answer to her question. Like I, in sum, I really treat those days as, if, as, as close to possible as I would if I were at home. Of course, it's not going to be perfect, but I think that a, like – Sales culture in itself, it can be toxic. Um, and I think that that's part of the reason, not the whole reason, because of course only a small percent of us are in sales. But let's face the facts here. America's fat. I'm just going to say it. We are a fat country. And it's because stuff like this is our norms. Like stuff like let's take the clients out on a Wednesday and feed them and have them drink their hearts out and stuff is a norm. When... If we all lived like 80, 20 and sit like, you know, it just, I, I don't know. I don't want to get more into it than I already got to it. But, but period, end of story, I treat work days as the same whether I am home, in the office, or on travel. So that's my little, the only other thing that I did in Cleveland was I got to see a Guardians game. Indians, Guardians, whatever you will. Um, it was pretty cool. It was a pretty good game. Everyone says like, oh my gosh, progressive field is like insane. Um, I thought it was pretty, like I had good seats to begin with, but I thought it was pretty. You could see the city in the background, but honestly, like, I didn't think it was that far off from Yankee stadium. And honestly, my only complaint is that they need to get their graphics together. Love the Yankee stadium graphics. Guys know what they're doing over there. I couldn't see anything, honestly. They had the big screen. was just a huge picture of someone's uh, of whoever was up at bat, their face, which I'm like, we could fit other things on this massive screen that everybody could read, but fine. Let's just have a big-ass Stephen Kwan face up here. Sure. But everything else was so small on the side that I couldn't read the other stats. I was trying to see what the pitcher like what speed the pitch was, but they had it as white font on a yellow background. I could not see nine, eight, six, all the same. Zero, all the same. Couldn't tell the difference between those numbers at all. But other than that, it was a very entertaining game. 
Baseball is a good one to watch live, and it's nice now that they got the whole pitch clock thing going so games aren't as long as they used to be. It's much more uh, digestible, manageable. But that's really, that's all I did in Cleveland. You know, I didn't have enough. If I had more time, I would probably go see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I didn't. Got some nice steps in, did my workouts both days when I had breaks, and then I sent sent my little butt off to L.A., but I'm going to talk a little bit more about Cleveland towards the end when I bring up this motivational speaker that I'm really just, really just building the hype for. All right, I want to get into this L.A. recap, but I promised myself I would talk about this. And I almost forgot. And it's funny because I heard about this on Wednesday. And then I listened to Chicks in the Office talk about it on their podcast this week. Oh, and they said they said everything that I had said out loud about this, this topic. This topic that I'm keeping gatekeeping from you guys right now. Um, and I was hesitant, like, ah, I want to talk about it, but then it's gonna seem like I'm not a like I'm not talking about my own thoughts. Like I just took it right from them. And then I decided that I don't care. This is my podcast. These are my thoughts. Here we go. The submarine. I, I have to talk to you guys about this submarine. First of all, I think I either A, live under a rock or two have just been so, or A, I said A and two, B. B, have been so consumed in mm, Scandaval. Oh, I hate to say it. I'm getting over it slowly, um, that I just haven't really been that aware of regular news. So when I was out this week with my work friends, they, they brought it up and I was like, guys, what are you talking about? And they're like, the submarine? Hello? And I was like, what submarine are you talking about? And then they explained the whole thing to me. If you don't know, then I can't, Shame you because I also did it. So just a quick, quick recap. Bunch of billionaires went down in a tiny, tiny submarine with the goal of seeing the Titanic and they are kaput. Kaput. Done. Done. Um, sorry, that was a really bad way of putting it. Anyway, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast yet, but all my close friends know. I, I think my number... No, okay, this is probably top three. So first of all, my number one and two greatest fears, one, school, sh- like 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 public shootings. I don't want to even get into that. Just that's it. Two, human trafficking. So scary. So three, the ocean, period. And I know that this is hypocritical because I love to swim. I literally just went on vacation two weeks ago and was jet skiing, cliff diving. That part of the ocean is fine. Do I sometimes when I'm swimming in the Jersey Shore think about the possibility of there being a shark underneath? Yes. But I try to redirect those thoughts because it gets very hot and you need to go into the water and I like the ocean to swim in. It's the rest of the ocean that I've got the problem with. We do not know anything about what is down under there. 
I read a statistic a while ago, and I'm not going to even try and remember the number because I don't, but we know a very, very, very small percent of the ocean. Like it's something small, like 3%, like let's just say X percent of the ocean has been discovered. The rest, humans haven't touched it. And I don't like that at all. I don't like space for the same reason. We don't like, do we really know what the hell goes on there? Like not really. There's a lot, galaxies, all that makes my head spin. But that's not really a threat to me because I don't ever plan on putting myself on a rocket ship and going up there. But things like flying over the ocean, cruises, I, ugh, I don't know, man. I just bug out. You could not, I, I could be the richest person on, on earth right now. I could be like the number one richest person. You could pay me millions of dollars, a billion dollars, no taxes. You could tell me I, I would meet Taylor Swift. Would not go down on a submarine. Fuck no. No. There's no, sh- like that would just never sound like a good idea to me. And why spend your, like donate your money. Don't spend it on going to see the Titanic. Like who really cares that much? Just watch the fucking movie. Come on. Um, so when I first heard the beginning of the story, I was like, well, that sounds like a terrible idea which it was, these, this thing was so small. When I heard about how, it, it, I think they all had to stand, like they couldn't even sit. I'm not a, claustro- like I don't really get claustrophobia. That would do it to me. I would have a panic attack under there. And I think originally it was that we didn't, there, we couldn't find them and they only had X amount of hours of oxygen. But then I think that they found out that the thing exploded. So they're just done for it. I, listen, Rest in peace. It's a very sad, tragic, horrible incident. But God, I wouldn't. I think that this is the last time that people need to like try to see the Titanic. Okay, just watch the movie. There's some pictures and stuff. We don't need to see. Like, why would you go see it? The the thing sank. Sank. Nothing good is gonna come of that. And do you really? Like that thing could have stayed, that submarine could have stayed intact. You don't know what the hell is down there near the Titanic. You don't know. That's, I got really passionate about that. I just didn't like that. Didn't like that at all. So that's, those are my thoughts on the whole submarine thing. Um, Anyway, let's, let's get into my L.A recap here. I, before I get into the Vanderpump thing, I met some guys from Ireland this week while out and they said they love my New York accent. And I said, what are you talking about? And they said, oh my God, there it is. What are you talking about? And I was like, what? I didn't think I had an accent. I get on my podcast every week. And I feel like I've asked you guys, like, do I have an accent? And people don't really think so, but I don't, I think I, I say my A is a little weird, but I feel like everybody, like, is there a right way to say A's? Because everybody says them wrong. Like you, you, I'm going to say like, I'm going, I'm going in the car or that's a bad, what are you, what are you talking about? That's what I say. What are you talking about? Boston, they say, 
what are you talking about? The South is like, what are you talking? I can't do a Southern accent. I'm not even going to try. Anyway, we all pronounce our A's different. So is there a right way? Is there really a right way? Anyway, I felt pretty special because I'm over here like, guys, you're the one with the accent. And they're like, no, you have an accent. And me being an East Coaster out here in LA, I was like, I guess we both have accents. They made me do an Irish accent. Um, Apparently it was phenomenal because they ate it up. I am not going to repeat it here because it just doesn't seem right. Um, But that was all. I love meeting people from different parts, like different countries. It's just, it's such a big world out there. And you could really learn a lot from how other people live and act. So that's, I don't know. That's my two cents on that. But yeah, then I, I got my two workouts in at Gold's, which never fails to be an, an amazing workout. I think that honestly being in that environment just heightens my heart rate, which makes the workout even better. But both days I decided to walk home from the gym. It's about a two mile walk from Gold's to where I'm staying, which is why I stay over here. So the first day I was just, you know, I popped in a podcast, was just listening, um, listening, yeah, listening to my podcast and just kind of taking in the sights. Um, and there's a, a big strip. It's at what Abbott McKinney or something like that. Um, and there's a bunch of cute shops there and stuff, but I was on a little bit of a time crunch on Thursday. So I had something to do at night. Um, so I told myself, you know what, Friday, I don't have anything to do. I'm going to go and then I'll walk around. I love shops and there's a ton of them more so here than I, I see back at home that are local, small, like it's, you're not just walking into the mall and going to Tilly's, you know, these are things that you're not really going to find elsewhere. So I, I popped my head into a few, most of them I cannot afford but I did find one shirt that I really liked um, at a cute like Indie-ish type store and they had little stickers and I was like, oh, let me just flip through and naturally I had to get the Taylor Swift sticker that I saw. So that was my little purchase. I had a nice little walk, um, relaxed by the pool and then went back out for another walk at night because uh, about like 1.2 miles away from where I'm staying are the Venice Canals. Like I've heard about them. I hadn't really seen any pictures or anything. I heard the whole premise is that an artist or architecturist, one of those two, years ago, was inspired by the canals in Venice, Italy, and decided to recreate the thing here. So now it's like a little historic, um, what, what do you want to call it? Point, I guess. So I walked over there beautiful, like so beautiful, so peaceful. I just walked up and down the whole canals. I stopped in at the market that was like at the corner, got myself a little egg sandwich and a yogurt, tried some Olipop, which did not disappoint. Love that. We need, I need more of that. The Olipop, it's like a prebiotic soda. I tried the Dr. Goodwin flavor. Very good on a side note. But yeah, then I walked home and I, I walked about eight miles yesterday in total, but I felt really good and it just felt very nice 
be able to experience something so peaceful and calm. And I just had music in my AirPods. I had no agenda, like nobody to wait for or or feel like I needed to talk to. And I just oh, took the whole thing by myself, a little peaceful night. And I keep staying, like whenever I come to LA, I do stay on the West side because of the gyms. Like that's my primary reason. Like that's why I need to go. But I feel like I need, like I, all my friends that I have out here, they go out on the West side, you know, Venice, areas like that. I want to try and go out in WeHo, okay? Because I'm hearing on Vanderpump, they're talking about the Mondrian, they're talking about the Abbey. And those aren't places that like my friends go to, but I'm like, I wanna go. I wanna, I, they seem like they're having a great time at these places. And it's just, LA's funny because it's a whole, it's almost like, almost like New York, but not really because New York is so busy that they're like, you don't know what's going on where because there's just people everywhere. LA has different parts to it. You know, there's the celebrities that live over in WeHo and Beverly Hills and that whole area, and that's where they go out. Then you have the more earthy, beachy, athletic type people that live on the West side, you know, the Santa Monica, Venice, like younger people like me in their 20s that did, you know, just have regular jobs. Then you have the people in the Valley living in nice suburban houses. And then you have downtown LA, which is sketchy as hell. So I feel like I need to venture out and I would love to see what the nightlife scene is like over there. But I need somebody to go with. So that's just a thought that I wanted to get out. One day I'll make myself, I'll I'll make my way to the Mondrian. I want to see it. I feel like anywhere you buy a pool, you got good weather, you got a little DJ. What's not to, what's not to like? Um, But I did get my little WeHo taste in today. And here comes the Sir recap. Oh, guys. First of all, um, I was a little surprised on how it looked on the outside. And I don't know why I was surprised. I think I just didn't really, like, I'm not familiar with WeHo. I was there once and um, I, I wasn't there very long. So I didn't really understand. Everything is very crowded and and small almost. And I should have known that because I, I knew that Pump, Tom Tom and Sir were all like within very close walking distance of each other. I just wasn't expecting Sir to look so tiny almost. Like the entrance was very, uh, I, I don't know. It, let me just say that TV gives off a little, it gives off a bigger, newer perception of the place. Like I went in and was like, oh, it, like it, I recognize it. I recognized the bar and whatnot. There was the patio. I personally, I sat in a room that like Lisa and Ken like to sit in because you can close the doors when they come in. But yeah, I wasn't expecting it to look the way it did. Not that it's a bad thing. Like it's fine. But it's also one of those things where you see it on TV and I've seen so much go down there that I, I was in it 
And I kept on reminding myself, oh, the like people are working here right now. Like this is not a set. This is not a TV set. Like this, these are actual bathrooms that like I'm sure Jax Taylor has used the bathroom I went in many times. So I just kept reminding myself like, oh no, oh no, this is, this is real. But I, I, I walked in and there was a beautiful fountain, little rose petals, um, big sir rule sign. So I took a few pictures before we got seated because we were waiting for our table and I see Peter. Peter just walks right by me like he's in a mad dash. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, it's Peter. And before I came here, this morning, I was listening to an episode of Sheena Shea's podcast with him on it. And I was like, oh, if I have a shot at seeing anybody, it's going to be Peter because none of them really work there anymore. I think like Charlie might. Um, and it's Ariana's birthday today. So I was like, I'm not going to see any of them, but Peter's the manager still. So maybe I'll see Peter. And sure enough, I, I sure did. It was, so we got seated. And we were in that little room um, to the side. Like there's like a long table. There's been many scenes where Lisa calls people in and they have meetings and conversations in that room. Um, So that's where I was because we were with a big party. And he was looking for something in the cabinet. And I turn over and like Peter's ass is just like in my face. And I'm like, oh my God. And I went to go say something, but he rushed off. And yeah, I I got a little nervous. Like I was like, I've worked in restaurants before. I know how flustered managers can get. And also like he probably gets people coming up to him all the time. Like I I don't want to make a fool of myself. I don't want to seem like a fangirl. So I just watched him from afar telling everybody that I know, oh my God, Peter is here. I'm freaking out. I order, we order goat cheese balls. We order pumptini. I'm waiting for them to come. Um, just living my life. I don't know where I was going with that story for a second. The goat cheese balls came. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Like there's a reason why they're Stassi's favorites. I love, and the thing is there's nothing, it's not like, like they do anything really that special with them. They're literally just fried goat cheese balls. I am just a slut for goat cheese. I love goat cheese so much. So it was 10 out of 10. Great. Um, I got a pumptini. I'm normally not a martini gal. I'm not a cosmopolitan gal. That's just not my thing. But I was like, I got to come here and I have to order the pumptini. Phenomenal. Again, but honestly, probably one of the better cocktails I've had in a while. It was sweet. It was refreshing. You could actually taste like, like juice in it, like a real fruit juice. You didn't, and I felt it. Like I felt the buzz. So I was like, all right, there's something in here. Like a few of these could be dangerous. I'm not going to get a second, but I didn't drink it. I was, I put, I put my lips to the glass and I was expecting to swallow vodka and I didn't, I did not. It was, so the pump teeny, or at least however the person behind the bar made it, because I bet if Jax did, I wouldn't have liked it at all. Whoever made that pump teeny did a phenomenal job. So I'm sitting there, um, I'm just on my phone, and all of a sudden, I hear a voice, a, a familiar voice, right over my shoulder. And, it's, and it's, it says, how, how you doing? 
here's everything good. You, you're enjoying yourself. And I look up and I'm like, oh, it's Peter. There he is. So I spaz. Like naturally I malfunction, system overload. And instead of saying anything remotely cool, I go, oh my God, I love the show. And then I go, you fucking idiot. Like, really? That's like, really? You couldn't have thought anything else. And he just laughs, you know, a little Peter laugh. And he's like, oh, thank you so much. And I'm like, fuck. And then my aunt goes, oh, she flew all the way across the country to see this. And I was like, no, God. Like, I was like, I, I don't want to sound like a, uh, uh, or, or she was like, can, can she have a picture? She flew all the way across the country. And I literally out loud because I was like, I gotta, I gotta act cool. I gotta act cool here. I like, I can't just be another fangirl. I can't. So I go, oh gosh, like I'm, I go, I'm so embarrassed. Okay. I didn't fly out here just to come to, I have other things to do, but I was going to knock this off of my bucket list. And now I'm like standing next to Peter and I was like, but you know what? You could tell everybody that I came just for you. Bingo, saved it. Oh, wait, I forgot to mention a part because I'm an idiot. After I said, I love the podcast, I go, I was actually listening to the episode of Sheena's, uh, or I love the show. I said, I was actually listening to the episode of Sheena's podcast that you were on recently. And then again, I go, idiot, you idiot. You sound like a fucking stalker. Why'd you say that? And he just goes, oh, ha ha, that was a good one. And I'm like, you fucking idiot, Liz. Like, why? You really couldn't have said anything else. You, cu- you could have said anything. You could have just not said, like, whatever. So now, now fast forward back to that part. I'm, I go, you, 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 could tell, you could tell everyone that I came here just for you. So he, it like, sink, what is it? Sink? line hook. I don't, I don't know. Um, whatever that phrase is. And he's like, Oh no, just for me. And I'm like, just for you, Peter, you could tell everybody that I came here just for you, by the way, I'm Liz. And he was like, well, well now my day is made. And I was like, yeah, you can, you can carry on with the rest of your day knowing that I came here specifically for you. And he just kept repeating it and was like, Oh my gosh, like just for me blah, blah, blah. Like, I can't believe you came just for me. And I was like, Peter, are we flirting right now? Oh my gosh. Um, so then my cousin wanted to take a picture. So I was like, does this happen a lot? And he was like, oh, you know, maybe once or twice a day. Or he goes, yeah, like once a day, twice on Sundays. And I was like, oh, well, it's a shame we came on Saturday. So then he walked away. Uh, he got us more coffee and stuff. And I was like, ah, you know, I figured he, I was actually thinking he might come around because normally managers ask like the tables, like how they're doing. And my aunt was like, oh no, I was watching him. Cause I told her who she was, who he was before. Um, she, she was like, I was watching him and he hasn't gone up to any of the tables recently. Like he just came specifically to our table. And then when he walked away after he got, um, more coffee for our table. He didn't go and check on any other tables. So I was like, did he, I'm just going to tell myself that Peter came over just, just for me. Okay. Cause I just want to live. I just want to live that. And he came over a second time. and was like, we still doing good. And I couldn't find anything 
anything cool to say, but I will say Peter is exactly how he is on TV. He's just a nice guy, dude. He's a nice little jokester. He's a little lost soul. I like, I wish all the best for him. That is such an unproblematic dude. Um, I mentioned him in my Instagram story though, and I'm kind of waiting to see if he sees it. He probably won't. My Peter dream might have died right there. But at least, you know what also sucks? I think he's like probably like 40 right now, but he's kind of cute. Okay, whatever. Anyway, I got a tuna salad, like a ahi tuna salad. Phenomenal. I got to say everything about it was great. I could have stayed there forever. I walked in the bathroom and it said good as gold on the mirror. Loved that. Guillermo came in. Only thing I missed was LVP. I wish I was old enough, like back in the days when like you could still see Jax, like you could still see Sandoval, Ariana there, but, or or Sheena was like the last one standing before she had summer. Um, But it was very, very cool getting to go there. And honestly, the food and the drinks were very good. So if I can get a reservation, like when I come back, I would go again. It was, it was great food, but. That's basically my LA recap. I did get to go on the Warner Brothers tour, um, which also was really cool. They had some Game of Thrones outfits, which I enjoyed. And, you know, you just get to walk around and see how all that stuff is made. But that was really, that's what I really wanted to lock you guys in on. The Vanderpump uh, experience that I had. So, yeah, that's that's my trip to LA. I hope you found my stories entertaining because I'm going to keep talking about them probably for a long time. And if anybody wants to show Peter, um, tell him that I'm sorry that I brought up Sheena's podcast because that was, uh, very embarrassing. All right. So like I've said, I have heard many, a motivational speaker in my time. And honestly, a lot of them are not crap, but it's like, all right, you grew up poor and you made something of yourself. Somebody told you to quit and you didn't quit. Congrats. Not, not to belittle them and not to say that their journey isn't inspiring and whatnot, but I just, you know, it takes a, a, a little something more to really capture my in- interest. And this week, I got the pleasure of listening to Richard Turner talk. I've never heard of Richard Turner before, so I'm assuming that you guys don't know who he is. Um, Richard Turner is a motivational speaker. And then I believe the other titles that he goes by is like card, card wizard or something like, like card wizard. He's really good at cards. Um, and, and card games, like if you find him in, in Vegas, like you don't, like just run, just go. The kicker, he's blind. And he hasn't always been blind, but he's fully blind. So he, what he did that I found really captivating from a presenter standpoint is that he was showing us his card tricks, his magic tricks that blew our minds. And then in between, he was giving us little nuggets of information. So we were fully engaged by what he just showed us. And then he would give us a nugget of information, then trick, then nugget of information. So he wasn't just blah, blah, blah on for an hour or however however long. Um, But he shared his story about his hardships um, 
he, him and his sister both lost their vision due to scarlet fever as children. So he went the first nine years of his life being able to see, and then slowly his vision deteriorated over time until he could no longer see anything at all. Just kind of a wild upbringing. His mother resented having two handicapped kids, so she was very abusive towards them. He often didn't have anything to eat, and he would go pick banana peels out of the garbage can in the lunchroom and put mustard on it to mask the taste, which was like really gross. Like it was like, oh, God, oof. Um, beg for people's leftover foods. They lived in a one-bedroom apartment, and it wasn't sealed. So in the winter, water would come in, creating mold. He would have asthma attacks, and no matter how bad they were, his mother never took him to a doctor. Um, his uh, He woke up on a Christmas and found out that his uncle's house had burned down, burning his cousins alive with it. His grandfather? Oh, his grandfather, his car flipped and he died that way. And then his grandmother remarried, but she came home from lunch, for lunch one day and her husband greeted her at the door with a knife and cut her head off. Like the things that he was just saying, I was like, what the, f- what the hell? And then of course, you know, you deal with the normal bullying and you can expect that he would be bullied because he was blind and really just a shame. But um, anyway, I found his story to be very interesting, but he's married now and he has a kid and all that. And what I, what I found to be inspiring was not actually his story, but what has motivated him. And it's something that his wife said in particular, that stuck with me. I kind of forget what the context was because honestly, I was so wrapped up in this quote, but she told him, you can't conquer what you can't confront. And I was like, bingo. That's the phrase I've been looking for. I have been putting this into words, but I I could never think of the this simple phrase that would make people understand. And he was talking about his own hardships and applying it to his own life. And, you know, I think it might've had something to do with like seeing a therapist or something. Um, And that is one aspect of it, you know, like how can you expect to get better if you're not uh, admitting there's a problem, you know? But I couldn't help but think of it in a gym sense And, and, and think about myself. And, you know, there's a TikTok a uh, song going on or a TikTok trend right now. And it's, uh, oh, who sings it? Mariah Carey, you know, and it's like the, I've been lying to myself, that one. Um, I actually just made a video on it. But it's the same thing, you know, it's like you look back and how are you going to expect to change something if you won't face it, you know, or admit that there's something wrong, you know, I, I looked back at myself and was like, why am I not gaining glute muscles? Why am I not losing fat? And it's because I wasn't being truly honest with myself. I wasn't confronting the problem. I was making up excuses. Oh, it's my genetics. I've tried everything. Oh, it must be my birth control. No, I just wasn't actually sitting down and confronting the problem. So that's how I was kind of thinking it 
in a gym sense. And then, you know, you could think about it physically too. If you want to get stronger, you got to push through those extra reps. You got to confront those extra reps. I've said this before on this podcast, our bodies want to stop when we feel pain, confront it, push through it, keep going. That's the only way you're going to grow. You can't conquer what you can't confront. And then I was thinking about it. How about in a mental health space? You know, anxiety was consuming my life. It was taking control of my actions. You know, my anxiety was acting instead of me before I had the chance to. And, And I wanted to get better. And I've wanted to get better for a very long time. But I wasn't able to sit down and be like, okay, you need help. You need to go get help. I wasn't confronting it. I was just acknowledging the feelings and then letting them go. Same thing with relationships, whether it's a friend or a boyfriend, you know, you have to be able to, you get in a fight. You need to be receptive to, okay, not only did this person do something wrong, but maybe what did I do? And that's not in every, you know, maybe that wasn't a good way of putting it. Hold on, let me backtrack because I don't want people to gaslight you. Um, And yeah. Okay, let's say somebody's come to you and said that this is, they're having a problem with you, whether it's your boyfriend, your friend, your mom, your brother, who cares? Um, You need to be able to reflect, you know, or if you're having a problem with somebody, you need to be able to confront the issue. How are you supposed to mend a relationship? How are you supposed to get over something if you're not going to confront it and talk about it? So I don't really have too much more to say on the subject. I don't want to go too far into it because I feel like if I continue to give examples, it's just going to become redundant and I don't want to overwhelm you guys. But that is such a powerful quote. I want you guys to remember it. I want you to write it down. If you, if you write affirmations, which I highly recommend, make that an affirmation. You cannot conquer what you can't confront. All right, everyone. Well, that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of Confessions of a Gym Rat. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Lifts with Liz. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Confessions of a Gym Rat. And give me a follow on YouTube at Lifts with Liz. I hope you have a beautiful week. And I will talk to you again next week, a little bit later, so I could tell you all about the Eras Tour.